Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back, your auto expert, uh, I guess you call us our auto, auto critics, auto dealer critics team. You heard in the introduction, our purpose in life is to help you navigate the minefield on the car dealerships all over the world, primarily in the United States, although we are international. Uh, buy a car, lease a car, we try to keep you out of trouble. And uh, I think I've got to turn my microphone around. Oh, she's got to turn her microphone around. Okay, we're good. Uh, we rely on you heavily to make this show a success, and that is uh, because your calls make the show, and we mean that. Uh, we wouldn't be here if you didn't call the show. When I say call, I mean in the broad term. I'm saying we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Periscope, we're on YouTube. Uh, we're all over cyberspace. And, of course, uh, the good old-fashioned radio. And uh, we take calls, and we take text, and we take anonymous feedback. We've got a special line you can call in, uh, figuratively speaking, anonymously. That's anonymousfeedback.com. You're actually, you're anonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. We, we're, we already have, when we sit down to the show, we already have a little bit of a backlog. Um, but we like the calls. The calls are important. And we have a call-in number that um, is pretty popular. Last week we had a whole bunch of calls. And uh, Nancy is... Uh, Pointing at me with her pencil. Yeah, I'm wailing at you with my ballpoint gun. Hey, Howard, I know you're there. Can you hang on for a moment? Yes. yes. Okay, thank you. Back to the recovering car. Okay, dealer. very good. So there we got a caller, and it's Howard. I'm going to give that number out for the folks. Howard's got the number memorized, and he's one of our favorite and most uh, reliable callers, very informative. But if you haven't called the show before, write this number down. You might not be interested at the minute. But uh, five minutes, ten minutes, maybe. Uh, we're on for two hours. Uh, you might want to uh, call when something uh, piques your interest. 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And the text line, we, we get more anonymous feedbacks now than we do text. But the text number, if you prefer to text, is area code 772-497. 6530, that's 772-497-6530. And we're going to go right to Howard because uh, the callers on the regular phone line, we don't like to keep them holding, and that's the reason Nancy waved to get my attention, because if you hold too long, we build up a backlog, and then people call and they get a busy signal. So if you call in, if you want to get in fast, call in there on the regular phone line, 877 960-9960, just like Howard just did. Good morning, Howard. 
Good morning. I hope you're all well. Beautiful day today. Actually, yesterday was a nicer day. Uh, the ocean was flat. I was able to swim, uh, which is not uh, too usual, uh, you know, in Florida. Sometimes the waves are too high, and uh, you've got critters in the water. But yesterday was beautiful. How nice. Okay, so let me, uh, let me, let me ask these questions to Rick. Uh, uh, seat covers. Uh, I, I was told by someone, I don't remember who, that the seat covers, if you put seat covers on your car, a, a modern car, you, you, uh, you have a problem with the uh, um, airbags. Is this correct, Rick? It's possible. Uh, newer cars have airbags built into the seat, usually on the side towards the door. So what they've done is the companies that make these uh, aftermarket seat, seat covers put a special stitching on that section to where if the airbag is going to deploy, it simply pops it right apart. So it's perfectly safe as long as the seat covers that you get say on the packaging that they're safe for seat airbags. Great question, Howard. I hadn't even thought about that. I, I've run seat covers on my trucks since 97. I, I always run seat covers on them. Yeah, you, go to, you go to Walmart and you get any uh, seat cover laying around and you put it on and you could, you could have a problem. Well, but 99% of them, especially here in the U.S., they're perfectly safe to use. Yeah, but they come from China, half of them. So. Yeah, but even even so, they're they're designed to where they can do you know they can handle the airbags. And trust me, I I've deployed airbags before as part of the job, and when those things pop out of that seat, that little bit of fabric isn't going to slow it down at all. Those things come out with some force. Oh, great. Okay, my next question for Rick. After you have your tire uh, fixed with a patch in the inside, do you have to have it rebalanced? Well, it's kind of a, an interesting question because if you put the tire back on the wheel, a good technician will watch for this, if you put the tire back on the wheel in the exact same position, it's still going to be in balance because you're not moving the tire around on the wheel, so the heavy spots are not changing, and you actually can recheck the balance, and they come out right in right at zero. Interesting. I just uh, I tell you what, Howard, you got some great questions. I've just learned two things here that I didn't even thought about. And uh, Rick hit it on the head. He said, "Be sure you find a qualified technician because you just throw a kid on the uh, on the tire rack and say, okay, I want you to rotate. All you got to do is take these tires off and move them around and put them back on again. You're you're going to have to have a balance problem because he probably didn't put them on the same way he took them off. I didn't know about that. It's all about finding good technicians. Yeah. Well, it's, it's putting the tire back on the rim. Yeah. But yeah, and yeah. that's uh, you know, it's it's all about learning and. We teach our guys right. We, I teach them every trick I know to save time and make the job easier. What do you do? Put a, a chalk mark on the tire and the rim. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Well, you put it. You put it where the valve is, right? Yep. A mark. I put a little a little chalk mark where the tire valve is, so that way I know that I put line it right back up at the exact same spot. Yeah, but a lot of uh, technicians uh, won't tell you that, and they want they want to get the extra money for you to bounce the tire again. No, because a tire patch, actually a, a lot of shops, uh, tire shops, don't even charge to repair a tire. 
Um, but th those that do, it's simply one flat fee. So the technician, his job is to make sure that tire is balanced when he puts it back to your car. And so if you get a tire repaired and you go driving and you feel that tire starts bouncing because it's out of balance, and you go back and say, hey, you know, now it's out of balance, they're going to balance that tire for free for you. So the tech's got to do double duty. So, yeah, he's going to do it right the first time, or he should. Okay, now, yeah, this is very important. Can you explain to the audience why you should not have a tire plugged? Plugs are actually not safe because when you push a plug into the rubber of the tire, it's supposed to seal to the tire, but they never do. And over time, that pushing that plug in through also spreads the steel belts apart a little more. It causes more damage, basically, to the steel belts in the tire. And when you do that, you're creating a weak spot. So as the tire heats up, especially on highway speeds, that thing can fail and possibly just start leaking. Or, worst case scenario, a blowout. <clears throat> the actual blowout? I heard it starts leaking, but I never heard of a blowout. That's, that's it's, good information. So it's no a rare possibility. A yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. That's why it's, it's always safest to do an internal patch that properly repairs the tire and done by a qualified tech that knows whether it's safe to repair that tire or not. Okay, that, and, and that... That the point, safe to repair the tire. How close to the sidewall should you not be to repair the tire? If the hole itself is anywhere in the last section of tread, I will not patch the tire. Or if the nail or screw that went in went at an angle to where the inside hole is too close over to that sidewall, I will not repair it. Can you explain why? Because the sidewall flexes and a patch on the inside that is on a flexible spot like that can all, can fail. It start it can actually be pushed away because of the flexing of the sidewall of the tire. Okay, now I got something that you won't be able to answer. Uh, I'm sure you won't be able to answer. Uh, years ago, before you had the uh, tire pressure on the dashboard, telling you uh, you would have to go outside, take a look at your tires, or uh, your car would not be riding correctly. You go out and you see one tire is flat. There was um, one uh, item that you could get uh, that you would not have to actually have any doubts that your tire was flat or it was losing air. Right? You, you know what that was. You could buy this in Walmart or you could buy it in any you know automotive store. It's, uh, I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with these valve. Are you talking about those little valve stem caps that had the little color piece inside that would show green, yellow, or red for the tire pressures? You're amazing. You, you, you know everything. <laughs> you know how many people don't even know that? That this, this existed at one time? Uh, by the way, it's, it's off the market. You can't get this anymore. Right, because the biggest drawback to those was that if you didn't get a good quality set of them, they'd start leaking, and then you'd have flat tires all the way around. It's amazing. Rick, you're the greatest. And then with that, I'll say have a good uh, day. Thank you, Howard. And, uh, you're the greatest. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay. Enjoy well. Florida.
Okay, that's, uh, you know, it's so nice to get questions that I know if I don't know the answer to a question, and I've been in the business too long, a whole lot of people out there didn't know the answer. So there's some very valuable lessons. Uh, one thing across my mind, talking about plugs and repairing uh, uh, on the on the side wall with a patch when you can't do that. Why do that? Why is it legal? Is there any such thing as a? You think that there could be a law, some sort of federal law, of making it uh, illegal to do something that we know to be unsafe? It's, uh, there, there should be laws against it, but the drawback is how would you enforce that? Yeah. Because. Well, it's, same, it's same not thing like is, you could take the tire off to inspect it and see the patch. Same thing is true of any law. Enforcement yeah. is the name of the game. But you dissuade honest people with laws. The dishonest people, you know, they're going to break it anyway. But better to have the law not have the law. Okay, well, 877-960-9960 and 772-497-6530. And uh, I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart, my co-host. And she's been with us, uh, I say with us. Uh, she's been a part of the founder. She's uh, it was Nancy and me, going back about 20 years we've been doing this show. And uh, she's a very strong female advocate. She's built our show to a parody with uh, female sex, 50-50. We're right at parody right now, and we have a lot of female callers, and they should be because they buy actually a little bit more than half of the cars. It's amazing. I don't know why that is, 51%. I mean, it's... Uh, I think that's the, the st statistic, and they bring the cars in for repair as often or more. So, Nancy, uh, tell them about the special offer we got for those gals. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars, in case you just tuned in. Uh, I, I don't think it's a secret that, uh, well, women dominate this auto industry, and with that said, uh, the first two new lady callers would give you a little incentive and that is $50 for the first two new lady callers. So take advantage of that and give us a call. Uh, share with us uh, your experience uh, in purchasing a vehicle, whether it's new, used, or maybe you came in for service, or maybe you'd just like to give us a call. 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And, and don't forget, throughout the show, you can text us at 772-497-6530 if you're uh, just a little bit shy. And uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone by now saw Earl's hat that he's wearing. And uh, that is to celebrate uh, com, And you can go right there and you can volunteer and uh, help us uh, round up uh, all these uh, uh, cowboys, I guess, if you want to call them. get your hat just like this. And They're cool. Let's and that, it. too. Uh, I, I know there's hats and I think there's uh, T-shirts uh, to come. Uh, but, but you can uh, help out your your community and uh, you can, you know, expose these uh, dishonest car dealers. So uh, that's uh, www.earlsvigilantes.com. And don't forget your anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. We are going to go to George, who's uh, calling us from uh, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Good morning, George. Good morning. How are you folks today? Uh, we're doing well. Hey, I had a comment on your tire patch slash plug collar. Uh, in Pennsylvania, it is illegal to plug a tire. Um, oh, again, great. It relies on the mechanic's uh, honesty. 
But, uh, well, congratulations to Pennsylvania. Florida should do the same thing. All states. Thanks for the heads up, George. Yeah. Plus the fact that here, uh, when the weather got, about a year and a half ago, I put a new set of tires on my old Scion with aluminum wheels. And uh, they had a devil of time getting the old ones off. But uh, last winter, when the temperatures dipped, got a low pressure, tire pressure warning. Filled the tires up with air, it was fine until this winter. Uh, every couple weeks, the tire pressure monitor light would go off. I took it to my mechanic for an inspection this week, and he dismounted the tire. Uh, found out a lot of corrosion on that rim. I had six leaks around the bead of the tire. So when anybody gets a new set of tires, especially with aluminum wheels, make sure that guy cleans the rims real good. And that's it. Well, very good. I tell you, valuable input. Thank you, George. Okay, thanks. Please call again. I, uh, I tell you what, we're really batting a thousand on informative, interesting callers. And Howard and George, uh, thank you. And uh, anybody out there that wants to call or text or anonymous feedback or Facebook or Twitter, please do so. We haven't heard from Stu Stewart, my son, Hello. and he's our cyber master, and he's in charge of our mystery shopping report. Maybe he can give us a little bit of a sneak preview of what's coming up in the latter part of the show. Well, I never want to give away too much. No, not too much, no. Uh, we did go uh, and mystery shop at Toyota dealership this weekend. I want to give our usual, Earl's usual caveat, is it makes us uncomfortable. Um, we, are, we have a Toyota dealership, and we do not want to come across as taking shots at our most immediate competitors. Uh, but this dealership is... Uh, doesn't directly compete with us. It's up in Fort Pierce. Um, that's about an hour drive away from, from our dealership. And it's uh, run and partially owned by a very colorful character named Frank Gonzalez, who is a really nice guy, but um, does kind of embody an older style of, uh, of, of car sales. Um, that said, he also has a very you know, modern website and he does all the high tech stuff. Um, but we've had some. Um, We've had good and bad from from Frank Gonzalez. Well, yeah, I, I use the term old school. He yeah. is, and, and I, he he's doing business the way I did back in the '60s. So I can't yeah. really, I can't really criticize him because I've been there and done that. And yeah. what he does is typical old school. Who remembers the movie Cadillac Man? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and Robin, Robin Williams. Williams and uh, Tim Robbins. Yeah, uh, kind of like the Cadillac Man style of doing business and. Uh, we love Frank. He is—he's a great guy, yeah. and he's just—he's locked into the '60s and '70s and the the 1960s, right. <laughs> 1970s. We're, so. we're trying to attain the 2060s level. <laughs> yeah, right. What a classic! But uh, no, but yeah, he—he he is a good guy. But we've had some. Uh, uh, you know, ups and downs and, and, and different types of results. Um, I do reference in the beginning part of the report, um, the last time that we shopped, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Beth Metoid up in Fort Pierce, uh, they had a pretty, uh, I'll just say it's a pretty distasteful ad, um, kind of playing up on, this was during the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, so a lot of car dealers were trying out new uh, hooks, because at that last year, this time, car sales was really bad. So, uh, We'll take a look, see how he cleaned up, or if he if, if he stayed the same, we don't know. <laughs> but you'll find out in the second half of the show. Very good. Okay, um, I want to ask you a question. Too. I should ask you before the show, but are we are we using the grading system on the? It's it's not live yet. Um, okay. It's gonna. It's, we have to build a new site, 
and then we're going to link everything to that. So then once we have the new site finished, uh, then we'll link to that from Earl on Cars. Yeah. And we'll also have a direct link that people can use to go to the site directly. Yeah. Um, once again, uh, let's go back to this uh, vigilante that Nancy talked about before. And we are, uh, we have, uh, don't, don't take the word vigilante in the negative sense. Uh, vigilante is, uh, can be a negative term. But vigilantes were originally established many years ago uh, because we did have a dereliction of law enforcement. We didn't have enough law enforcement. And if you go back a couple hundred years in our history, uh, there were areas of the country where we had no law enforcement. So it became a necessity uh, to have some sort of peace and quiet and calm and safety in your community, and they formed vigilantes. So I, I'm using the vigilante in that respect at the name Earl's Vigilantes because we have a lot of laws on the book to protect consumers, but most of them aren't enforced. In Florida particularly, we have a law that says if you have a hidden fee that uh, you don't put in the price of your car, it has to be included in the advertised price. That's the law. Virtually every car dealer in Florida breaks that law. So what good are laws if you don't enforce them? And there we are. So vigilantes, that's one of the reasons that we need vigilantes. We need someone to call these violations yeah. to our attention and call them the attention of the people that contact you. So you go on to uh, EarlOnCars.com and you have a, we all have Vigilantes.com. Uh, you can go to www.EarlsVigilantes.com, EarlsVigilantes.com. You can sign up, uh, give us your name, uh, you can submit a picture, we'll send you a hat just like this I'm wearing right now, a little vigilante decal on the thing, and we will have you available to people in your, in your area. If you're in Kentucky or Missouri or uh, uh, whatever area of the country you're on, if someone is interested in who's a good car dealer in this area, uh, that would be your duty to help them. And if you can't answer it, you can direct them to ourowncars.com or to call the show. In other words, you're a link between us and people that are going out into the uh, wild, wild west to try to buy a car. And that's what it is today, the wild, wild west. Yeah. And I would feel bad about using the term vigilantes. I, I picture Clint Eastwood and Pale Rider. You know, oh. He's a hero, but he was a vigilante. Yeah, I so. like that. And, you know, it would be great to have um, volunteers from so many locations. Yeah. That would be a bonus just oh, yeah, to we see. Need, we need thousands. Really, yeah, it's going to cost yeah. us a lot of money in ads, too, but uh, we need thousands because people don't travel more than about 30 miles, 20 or 30 miles to buy a car. So if you divide the country up into a grid of 30-mile-an-hour diameter, uh, that's a lot of... Vigilantes. Yeah, exactly. And we need more and more and more. We have a lot of states that aren't even represented. In fact, in Florida, uh, how many do we have now, Stu? Two or three? Three or four? In Florida, no. We I think we have five or six in Florida. Right five now. or six. Yeah. Okay, we're getting All there. over the state, from Gainesville down to Miami. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have to uh, not make light of this topic, but uh, the way the mystery shopping reports are running, uh, you almost feel like as if that you're the Lone Ranger here in Florida. Uh, but we have to address the good, the bad, and the ugly. And every location uh, we can reach, and you, the listener, the volunteer, can help us out in so many ways. Okay. So, com, And Let's you go. don't have to be an auto expert 
forget that. You can just be concerned. Yeah. Let's go to what Rick. He's got a YouTube over there. We do have one. Uh, Don Brown is asking. He says, I'm curious if insurance companies may write a check to a collision customer for a smaller amount and then go to the at-fault driver's insurance company and get a much larger amount from them. I have to plead ignorance. Uh, Alan Napier, our collision expert, if you're listening, uh, read that again, and then uh, we'll see what, because uh, I, don't, I don't understand that. I'm, I'm guessing what, he, what he's really asking is, if you're in an accident and someone else is at fault, yeah. and you go to your insurance company. Yeah, I, I think I can answer that. It's called, is it called abrogation? It's uh, basically the, the two insurance companies work it out legally. In some cases, your insurance company would sue the insurance company of the at-fault driver mm -hmm. um, with the idea that they don't want to pay anything. So you're, uh, you might not even be uh, – they might get, recoup the whole thing from the at-fault driver. I don't know if that's always successful. And if Alan is listening, he probably can have some more nuances. But I think that's what he's referring to. But nobody's getting taken advantage of, are they? I mean, the well, insurer. I, I think what he's asking is, uh, say, if, if I have State Farm – and somebody hits me that is Allstate, and State Farm repairs pays to repair my car for, say, $10,000, yeah. can they get Allstate to pay them yeah. $12,000? Well, and then they get to keep the I difference. Don't, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't know if they can do that, but they will go for the other um, at-fault driver and sue right, each other. Yeah. Right. But I, I, I can't imagine that the law would... There's pretty strong regulation on insurance companies and to allow them to collect more money uh, for an accident that... Than the insurer yeah, collected. Yeah, I don't think the sense. amounts. That's kind of that. That I don't think that would be would happen. Um, yeah. But they yeah, do. I, yeah, they. They. I mean, they don't just pay it out automatically. They're going to try and recoup as much as they can if someone's yeah, involved. That, that was the substance of the question. Right. Yeah. Was he was wondering is could could insurance company A make a profit from insurance company B by making them pay more for the repairs than what the client yeah. got? That's a very interesting question. Yeah, I, I say the answer is no. And if someone wants to correct us, Alan, call in and let us know, or anybody. But I don't believe that the insurance regulators would allow that to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, it'd be great to hear from Alan. Boy, what a complicated industry, yeah. insurance, car insurance. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that you really got to keep your eyes open and uh, keep investigating, you know, what you're being charged uh, and change policies if you need to. 877-960-9960. Um, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And as I mentioned earlier, youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we may have uh, some texts. Oh, we got a whole bunch of them. Some on your, your anonymous feedback. So we'll go to Stu. Yeah, let's kick it off with uh, one from Anne-Marie. Uh, she just sent it in here. Um, I don't know if Jonathan will be able to get a picture of what she sent on screen. Um, I sent it over to Rick to, um, to take a look, but she sent a visual aid. So Anne-Marie says, good morning. Um, I hope everyone stays safe on this soggy, foggy morning. I've owned cars for 50 years and I've never seen this before, so I'm hoping you can help. Here is a picture of the roof edge of a 2013 Camry. The exterior weather stripping over the front passenger seat by the top of the windshield has started to pull away from the track that it sits in, and the prongs that hold it in place are now showing. I tried pushing the weather stripping back into place. That didn't work. Here are my questions. One, could this cause a leak inside the car? And two, what can I do to fix it? Super glue? Clear flex seal? And that's from Anne-Marie. And I sent Rick the picture already. 
Without any help, he identified the actual uh, part of the car. <laughs> well, he, that's his thing. <laughs> there you go. Um, first thing, no, that will not cause a leak in the car because there's no openings on the roof where it could go in. Uh, if it was to start leaking around the windshield seal, that'd be another case. But no, that, that roof molding there is more just like a, a decorative thing. And what I would actually do is I would clean it really well and use a little bit of um, 3M weather strip adhesive just to glue it back down. And you can get that from any auto parts store. And what I do is... Or Amazon. You, yeah, Amazon, of course, an excellent choice. Once you get it very well cleaned and you get the adhesive in there, put something on top of it, uh, some heavy books or something, sort of a weight just to hold it down so it'll be pressed into place until that adhesive dries and... That should solve the issue for you. All right. I'm sure Amory thanks you. Yeah, it looked like there was, when it came up, you can see just kind of the, the dirt and debris that's collected there over the years. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely clean that out before you put any glue or any adhesive in there. Uh, let's jump over to Facebook. We have another question for Rick. It's from Nate on Facebook who's watching the, the live stream. Uh, he says, good morning. I have a question for Rick. I have a 2016 Jeep Grand Cherokee with a V6 engine, 85,000 miles. Lately, when starting my engine, it starts out with a somewhat rough idle that goes away after being driven. But if I turn off the engine and restart it, even after being warmed up, it idles kind of rough again. Any ideas? Uh, spark plugs are due at 100,000. Uh, many thanks. The first thing I would try is clean the throttle plate. Um, What's a throttle plate? Yeah. On the, where the air filter comes to the engine, there's, there'll be a nice big hose that goes to the what's called the throttle body. And if you were to be able to look inside it, you pull that hose away, you can see inside there's a big metal plate there, a round plate, that when you have the throttle open, this actually opens up like a big valve. It just kind of turns sideways mm -hmm. to let the air go into the engine, is and this, that's what speeds the engine up. Is this something that Nate could safely do? Are you, we, remember, we have... Twenty or 30,000 people listening out here, do you think it's something somebody should go into the hood and start taking things apart and cleaning? If, uh, you're, if you're a reasonable do-it-yourselfer, if you've got a little bit of experience with cars, mm. you could do this very easily. Okay. Um, the only thing you're really going to need is one of those 3M Scotch-Brite pads, like, a, like the scrubby stuff on the back of a sponge. Just be very careful. Don't drop it in the engine. Mm -hmm. And basically, you're just going to open that plate up a little bit and scrub away the black carbon yeah. that builds up right around in there. And once you clean that up, odds are that car's going to idle a whole lot smoother. Great. That's wonderful. I get nervous when I start taking things apart because I can take things apart very easily, but I can't put them back together as easily. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. the universe, you know. Entropy yeah. happens naturally. Yeah. And <laughs> well, the, the organization. Most you, does, the most you're yeah. really taking apart is just yeah. the hose that goes onto the yeah. onto the throttle body, yeah. and that's usually just a single clamp. So you just pull that loose, work yeah. it to the side a little bit, and just go in and scrub that clean. I I, I believe in yeah. the Hippocratic oath that says first do no harm, and so sometimes I have a problem around the house. Nancy's better than I am, but. At uh, fixing things, but I sometimes start in on something to repair something, and sooner I have a sooner if I have a much worse situation than I started with. So hmm. there, there are times where it's best to know your limitations yes. and hire the pro. 
Exactly. Okay. Hey, let me pull myself together here. Uh, talking about all that stuff makes me nervous. <clears throat> anyway, um, I just want to let everyone know that, uh, you know, there are so many more educated listeners and consumers. And uh, I, I have to say that uh, Earl Stewart on Cars has really helped in so many ways. I believe that there are more people, uh, listeners, uh, consumers, that can pop that hood and uh, do a little, as I call it, tinkering. Nothing huge, but uh, just uh, general maintenance, as Rick, you know, as, as he so eloquently mentioned. So, uh, Thank you all for listening. You are an important part of the show. And uh, not only do you educate, but uh, we're, we're being educated by you. So we're going to go back. Oh, let me give that number out, 877-960-9960. Now back to Stu. Let's jump over to a text from Steve in New Jersey. He says, hi, Earl. This is Steve from New Jersey. <laughs> Pray all will have continued good health. I received an orbital electric car polisher as a gift. It included a high-quality correction cream to buff out minor paint swirls, along with a nice wax. Other than thoroughly washing my car, is there anything else I need to do to the paint before polishing it? Um, now, without Alan here, um, who could probably chime in, I think I think this is a sign that Alan needs to make an appearance. I'm telling you. But I can tell you this. I do have some experience in this because I wasn't always in the car business. I was in um, art, and, and I do have some experience with paint. And also, I took um, shop in, in, in middle school. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but a cameo would be nice by Ellen. Absolutely. Um, but absolutely cleaning it completely free of any type of grit or sand because you have one piece of sand in there you will that will scratch the hell out of your car. Hmm. The other thing is I would be really, really careful before trying an orbital polisher yourself. Read my um, mind. Because if you put, you can burn the paint. If you, if you, if you, if too much friction gets in there, you can really mess things up. If you have experience with it and something you're comfortable with, um, then go ahead. Um, but then you wouldn't be asking the question <laughs> about what you should do the paint. Well, we see uh, that all the time in our dealership. Yeah. People try to fix things and they make them worse. Yeah. And uh, if you have a collision repair body shop someplace that you can trust, yeah. I get an opinion before you start doing something yourself. Or a professional detailer that uses yeah, that. You know, sometimes that scratch that's driving you crazy is uh, is actually nice looking compared to what you just did to your car. Oh, yeah. Trying to get rid <laughs> well, of Well, I've scratch. done that from personal experience uh, using equipment yeah. like that. And uh, so, yeah, um, if you go too hard, you will you'll um, cause a very expensive uh, situation that you gotta, that you got to get fixed. All right, let's jump up here. This is from Joe. This is the text. So they just called Lexus, uh, a Lexus dealership for an alignment. Uh, they wanted to know if I wanted front only or, or front and rear. I never heard of that. Please explain. And how would how would you know if the rear was out of line? Well, there is a front alignment and a rear alignment. I thought uh, almost everything was all four wheels now. Rick knows mm -hmm. the exact answer. Uh, Rick, uh, when somebody comes in to sell one alignment, do we align two wheels or four wheels? Pretty much all cars are done now with a four-wheel alignment. Yeah, that's what I thought. As a matter of fact, the newest equipment now uses lasers and reflectors, so the measurements are incredibly precise. Sure. Uh, did he mention the location or the Lexus deal? I'm surprised that a, you know, what it might be, and I hate to disparage a car dealer, <laughs> I guess I do, don't I? Uh, Lexus uh, really surprises me that uh, they would ask that question. I was going to say, maybe they advertise the two-wheel alignment 
so they could uh, they could bump them to the four wheel when they really should have had a four wheel in the first place. I think I, think I, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I bet, I, I, that sounds exactly what it is. Um, I'm not sure where Joe's from. His area code is 440, which is in Ohio. So yeah. uh, I don't think it's local. Yeah, I'd be uh, very careful about that dealership. Uh, Lexus dealers are supposed to be more not above reproach, but more so than most dealers. And, yeah, and I, I can't think of a single Lexus model that would not require a yeah. four-wheel alignment. There you go. Okay, we're going to go to Rick, who's the uh, first time. He's a first-time caller, and uh, he's from Royal Palm Beach. Welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Earl, Rick. Uh, my name is Rick. Uh, I have a 2013 Toyota Highland that I've been taking for service for, for so many years, and it's got 150,000 miles. Um, while I, when I go to the service center, I've never noticed or seen any Toyota Tundra six lifts in the uh, in the garage. Um, is there any particular area that, that Toyota tells the owner where to go for these trucks to get serviced that are certified um, through Toyota? Well, Toyota does require in um, in their service department to have the lifts and equipment to accommodate all the Toyota models. Um, so when the larger Tundras came out, uh, you know, prior to um, either dealers had to add these lifts uh, to, um, uh, to, so they can pick them up. If they didn't, um, didn't have them, they were required to put them in uh, within a certain time period. Um, I think that's what you're referring to. I'm not sure, I don't know of any dealers that didn't do that, but I would, that would surprise me if so. It would be an older dealership yeah. because we, we had to make that change 15, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, when we, yeah, we built the, the current shop that we have. Yeah. I see. Um, yeah, I, d I don't know if I mean if a dealer is in financial distress, if, a, if the Toyota give them a break on installing that stuff. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I would think they would. They would recommend referring them to another Toyota dealer because they're not going to send them to a you know an independent or a, a non-Toyota dealership to do, especially to do warranty work. Yeah, because when I asked the other service agents regarding that question, who they uh, take the trucks to, they pretty much they can't answer my question. <laughs> huh. I'd call a different Toyota dealership. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate the call. Thank, thank you, everyone. God bless. Oh, you're welcome. Stay safe. Have a great weekend, Rick, and hope to hear from you again. 877-960-9960. And uh, don't forget um, to uh, read Earl's latest column. Again, it's magnificent, and it has, you know, a lot of information in it, and it's answers to the top ten devious statements made by car salesmen. So <clears throat> he really reduced that list. He's a, a, he only has 10, but I'm a, I can imagine that there's, there's uh, <laughs> enough to fill this room. <laughs> well, exactly. He, he has to consider, like, length. You know, the blo a blog's a blog. You know, it's, it's not a novel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the novel is for his follow-up book that he's going to uh, write. He could, he, he could have turned it into War and Peace, but, hey, exactly. we don't have that much time. Uh, but uh, one of the many things uh, is, uh, I'm sorry, but we just sold that car. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> that we advertise. Never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. And we can't give you, another one is, uh, we can't give you our lowest price until you tell me that you're ready to buy the car and take it home tonight. You know <laughs> and then, I mean? you get, then you go, how am I supposed to know if I'm ready to buy the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if, I, let's talk hypothetically, if you were like, come on, man. Yeah. Game plan. Hmm. All right, we got another text here. I, I like this one. Uh, it says, uh, it's, it's from Antonio. In Lauderdale Lakes. Antonio asks, you talk about your old and evil ways, Earl. I used to sell cars in the 1990s 
and we would make a big gross and say we really ripped their head off. Nice, I know. Do you remember your biggest grossing deal? Uh, we had several over $10,000 at my Chrysler store during my tenure. Not proud of it, but things like that were celebrated. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, $10,000 was a really, really good one, but we would have over $10,000. We had a slam dunk club, we called it, and if you had over $4,000 profit on a customer, uh, you got uh, Ruth Chris Steakhouse dinner for you and your wife, yep. and uh, a $500 bonus. We had uh, bonuses for, you know, the, depending on how high the gross. Yeah. It was all about. And that was on top of a $1,000 commission, too. Yeah, yeah, a big, big fat commission. So uh, when someone, you talk about ripping your head off, when someone comes in unprepared and unsophisticated, maybe their first car or maybe they've never bought a car before, uh, that's the victim. And. Uh, and they go after it, and they'll make a $10,000 profit because the attorney that comes in, comes in two hours later and buys the same car, same year, make, model, MSRP, uh, he, buy, he, he pays maybe $500 profit or $100 profit. So the swing and the profit on the same car at car dealerships is huge. I mean, from, you know, it'd be a, a $5,000 swing is not uncommon. You don't want to be the one that pays the extra five grand. You don't want to be that guy. No. <laughs> no, sorry, Bob. And, and some of the language used to describe these things are just, you know, you got slam dunk, home run. Those are the tame ones. But like Antonio said, rip their head off. Yeah, rip their head off. That yeah. is a, yeah. I don't know if that's, is that just the car business? Is that, is that in other industries? Or? Well, it, it just, it's just, uh, they, they hold the customer in low regard. Uh, another expression back in the day, buyers are liars. And uh, they disparage the customer because it's easier to take advantage of and hurt someone that you don't like. You take it back to wartime, okay? Uh, in World War II, we said terrible thing about the Japanese. We called them names. Uh, we said terrible thing about any enemy we ever fought because if you disparage the enemy, it's easy to kill them. And if you disparage your customer, it's easy to rip their heads off. And you talk to the average car dealer and the average car salesman, they don't like their customers. Yeah. Buyers yeah. are liars. Buyers are liars. That's an example. And what they mean by that is... I got a real you, chiseler here. They, they, <laughs> if you go into a car dealership and you say, I got a lower price at another dealership, and a salesman will say, well, Mr. Jones says he got a lower price at, at our competition. And he'll say, he's lying. I mean, and, but if you were lying, that's part of the negotiation game. They're that's lying called, to you. Exactly. That's called... <laughs> That's called bargaining and negotiating and haggling. And that's yeah. what you have to do unless you are educated uh, from Earl and Cars on how to buy a car without having to go through that. It's the American way. Yeah. We're going to go to West Palm Beach where Marty's been holding. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How are you today? We're all well, thank you. I have a question. I've got a 20 Camry XLE, uh, a fully loaded one. And when I, when I was in for your, into your dealership uh, for service uh, a couple of weeks ago, I looked at a 21, and the only thing I noticed was the screen is like looks like an iPad. It's high, a little higher than the dash. My question is, is that the only change, and is the only reason to make that change just to make a 21 different than a 20? Pretty much, um, there th it's the same body style, and so there were some minor interior changes, and that was uh, one of them. 
Um, I don't know how you feel about the screen. That seems to be the trend in all manufacturers that have this screen that seems to be floating in front of the dash. In the future, by the way, I've seen these uh, touch screens or, or these uh, big LED screens are going to cover the entire dashboard. I think um, Mercedes has one, and there, I read about another one that has literally, I think, a 56, or I'm sorry, a 46-inch uh, screen, the biggest one in the world. But um, I, I could be wrong, Mar uh, Marty. There, there's, uh, there could be some other minor changes, but overall, there, it's roughly the same, and there wasn't a big uh, a, yeah. a price difference at all. Yeah, I personally like the, the screen that's in the dash in my 20. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hang on to my 20. I haven't been, during, because of the pandemic, I haven't driven that many miles. I've had it 11 months, and I only got 7,000 miles. So I'm not ready to trade it in anyways, but uh, yeah. I happen to like the screen and the dash. The, the reason that they say it's for is because it gets it a little bit closer into your line of sight um, to limit uh, the amount of times you have to glance down and take your eyes off the road. So if they get that screen closer to the windshield area, you're just kind of glancing. It does look weird. I've gotten used to it, but those, uh, those screens are... Those kind of strains look like they, you know, Velcroed an iPad <laughs> to, the, to the dashboard. Yeah. I understand yeah. why they're doing it, and um, but uh, we'll see what happens. It, the cars just keep on changing as we get more and more technology. Yeah, and in my wife's case, she's got a Camry also, but when it comes time for she's hers is on a lease, mine is a buy. The only thing is, in her case, she wanted a Rav4 type car to try a different car. Yeah. And the RAV4 has got the screen up Same thing. here, too. Yeah. But in Honda CRV, that screen is in the dash again. So I hate to give up a Toyota, but I might be swayed into going into the Honda because she, like, she doesn't like that screen yeah. up in here. Well, she can't go wrong there because the CRV is uh, that's another great car. These the, the cars just yeah. keep getting better, and I can't fault it, uh, Honda at all for their car. I don't know if they're going to do it with the interior design, if that if they're going to follow that trend, or they're just going to yeah. buck it. But I think uh, CRV is number one in consumer reports for that for that type of SUV. Yeah, and I want to tell you another thing. Just on a Toyota dealer, I was bringing my car in for an oil change once. And a guy came in with a new uh, Lexus, and he got an oil change there. So I said to the service writer, I said, well, why would a guy with a Lexus come into a Toyota dealership? He said, because it, the same oil change is half the price of yeah. a Toyota dealer. That's a good point, Antonio. They really... Uh, uh, and it's a good advertisement for you. I do all my service at your place, but uh -huh. that, you know... Yeah. Well, same thing holds true for Honda and Acura and for Infiniti and Nissan and for Chevrolet and Cadillac. If you own a Chevrolet, take it to a Cadillac dealer. You own a Lexus, take it to a Toyota dealer. You own a Honda Acura, take it to a Honda dealer. You know, you save, it's like you say, it's about half the price in the service. Right, exactly, exactly. And I just checked Consumer Reports, Earl is absolutely right. Uh, both the RAV4, 2021 RAV4 and CRV are recommended. Um, but uh, uh, CRV in 21 has a higher score. Yeah. And I'm just going to tell you one other point as far as a service thing. When I first got my 20 Camry, I had a couple of days when the car wouldn't start. So I had to call the automobile club and it jumped in. I brought it into your dealership. The guy checked out the battery and everything said everything's fine. They told me one thing. Make sure you step on the brake all the way down when you go to start the car and push the button. Yeah. 
since I'm more conscious of that now, I've never had the problem again. So if anybody has that problem, that's one way. <laughs> it's yeah. an easy fix. Thanks for that, Antonio. Good tip. Marty, it was great hearing oh, from you. Marty, Do you have I'm another? Sorry. Who's Antonio? You have another question? He's <laughs> a texter. Oh, that's it. That's it. Well, I'm not Antonio, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marty, thanks for joining us this morning. You Give sound us a call like an again. Antonio to me. I don't know. Antonio Bender. <laughs> okay. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, you too. Marty. Stay safe. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Here we are in the 21st century, and we're still talking about, uh, uh, gosh, I took my car, my Cadillac, for service. Uh, I'm going to go way back in time to Schoolie Cadillac. Wow, I paid an arm and a leg. Why isn't there more supervision? And that's a ridiculous question, I suppose. Uh, but why do you have to be charged what you get charged? And someone will say, hey, you, sh you could have taken that Cadillac over to the Chevy dealership and paid half of what you paid to have your car serviced. That's because you can afford to pay it. They know you got the money. That's an old answer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, you, you can, a cup of coffee at the Ritz Carlson costs you a lot more than the Holiday Inn. <laughs> well, I, uh, if there isn't that feel good, you know. Well, if there's more supervision, you'd pay more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't feel as good at schoolie as I did at the Ritz Carlton whenever I had a cup mm -hmm. of coffee. Just saying. Okay, back to Stu. Okay, let's jump over to another text here. It's uh, a great question. How do you get cigarette smoke out of a car? I bought a, I bought a used Civic that smelled great when I bought it, but a month later the smoke smell appeared. Well, I'll tell you what they did. Um, they had a stinky cigarette car and they uh, deodorized it, and it's really really hard to get that out of a car. Uh, I was going to joke around and say use some Febreze, but that's not going to help you. Oh. Um, car dealers, uh, there's a ozoning ozone treatment where there's a, actually a device that they put in the car overnight and it produces ozone that's supposed to, um, you know eat the, <laughs> the offending molecules uh, or destroy the offending molecules that causes the odor. Um, we've had mixed results with that. The, f the fact of the matter is if you got a smoker car, um, that smoke smell has never gone away, I don't think. Is that right? You know. Unfortunately, yeah, if, if it's... Well, you think in the 21st yeah. century they finally figure out how to... Well, because it's... No, nicotine's nicotine. The cigarette's a cigarette. particles of tar yeah. are in the fabric and nooks and crannies, yeah. and you're it, never going to clean that it up. It just sucks it, it in. It's yeah. not only in the in the fabric itself in the seats, it actually goes past the fabric yeah. and into the foam yeah. so, of the yeah. seat. So I would recommend this, just to get a, a serious answer for the, the texter, is... Um, in addition to a deodorizing thing, a um, shampooing the carpets, shampooing the seats, like a vacuum sort of thing, a professional detailer, a really thorough cleaning. Um, you can make an improvement on the cigarette smell, but it's always going to kind of be there. And you're, you'll notice it on hot days. It's just, it's net. when you get a smoker car, by the way, and this is, we'll just say this, when we appraise one, someone's trading in, and if it smells, uh, it really, really kills the value of the car because we know mm. we've got the only people who are going to uh, buy the car. People who don't possess a sense of no, smell. What you do is you do a, you do a quick and dirty deodorization and you take it to the auction. Well, that's what happened to these guys. Yeah, and yeah, right. another yeah. Well, so not the auction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, dealerships what? will spend some time. Uh, you know, a lot of time uh, deodorizing that car, and it stays smelling clean. For a short period right. of time, but like Stu said, boy oh boy, does your car depreciate? And if smoking is that important to you, step out of the car and do your thing. Mm -hmm. And when you get back in the car, just the smell from your clothing, your hands, your skin, everything, you're still going to get that inside the car, and your car 
the depreciation is unbelievable. I got uh, some good advice. So ask that question that needs to go on the list when you're buying a used car. Um, ask them if they did any deodorizing process to it to try and remove any smells, yeah. like cigarette smoke. If they say, yeah, well, what did you try to remove? Speak to the used car manager. This is starting to sound like bagels. Huh? I think, yeah. Well, it's, I think, yeah. I mean, it, it is a real problem out there. It, and it, it is, yeah. And you oh, can sure. really get surprised yeah. and think everything's fine. Yeah. Smell, car smells great. It smells like oranges. Yeah. And that's what this deodorizer smells yeah. like. Yeah. I don't know what the cost might be, but you might also consider consulting a company like uh, ServPro. They do cleanup for fire and water damage to homes. Water Crime damage. Scenes. They also <laughs> do that for cars as oh, well. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, let's go to the next one. Why do car salesmen force you to wait to meet his manager before letting you go home? I don't want to meet your manager. I don't want someone taking another swing at me. I'm not forced to meet anyone's boss when I buy other products. And well, that is true. It is a unique thing, I think, to the car business. Well, let, let me say this. So, uh, our, you know, we are a dealer, and we have the same requirement. But, you know, there's a good reason for meeting a manager and a bad me reason for meeting a manager. Uh, we want to be sure, and a good dealer will want to be sure that everything was okay. Uh, a bad dealer is going to use the manager to hammer you and try to uh, close you and uh, push you to buy the car when you don't want to. Uh, at a good dealership or a good company, uh, I think a lot of people are flattered that the manager or the owner or the general manager would take the time to want to be introduced to a prospective customer. But as uh, Stu said, in most dealerships, the TO, they call it the turnover, TO uh, for slang, uh, is to hammer the unsuspecting customer and the pressure of that customer into buying a car. Mm -hmm. But it is not something that necessarily has to be bad. Supposing the salesperson didn't uh, do a good job. Supposing that there was a problem in the chemistry between you and the salesperson. The sales manager should be able to inject himself and maybe find another salesperson mm -hmm. or handle it himself. It's th it can be used to the benefit of the customer just like to the detriment. Yeah. And then the question is why do they force you? Uh, the point of the matter, they should never force you. Never force you no. The salesperson says, hey, do you have a minute? I'd like you to meet my manager. And you said, no, I really got to go. Um, they said, it's only going to take a minute. And they say, I really got to go. No problem. We'll see you later. But if they say, I'm going to get fired if you don't meet my manager, That's exactly you're right. in a very toxic uh, um, environment. Why does <laughs> it take go. so long to meet the manager? Uh, I mean, some in a, in a busy on a busy day in a showroom, a manager might, be, might have five deals that he's working with different salespeople, and they might have to wait for them. Um, sometimes the waiting game is intentional. Um, you get somebody waiting, it's supposed to, you know, wear them down, or it's part of the uh, whole pressure thing. We see that a lot in, in mystery shopping. Reports. Okay. A lot of tactics. Yep. Okay, folks, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, you still have time to give us a call. Uh, as I said earlier, you're a big part of the auto industry, and you can win yourself $50 this morning for the first two new lady callers. Now back to Stu. Okay. I have a 2017, this is a text, I have a 2017 Honda CRV. The battery went dead at, 12, at 1,200 miles. It was replaced under warranty. I had several incidents where the battery died over the next three years, um, but the battery was replaced. At 35,000 miles, the battery had to be replaced again. I'm now out of warranty, and I just had another battery die on me. The wow. dealer is not helping me. Is there an ongoing problem, ongoing known problem, that they don't want to tell me about? 
I'd be curious what battery they were replacing it with. If it was a factory battery, I'd be concerned. Uh, if it was a battery that uh, Honda uh, routinely used, but if they were using a cheap battery, that'd be a different story. I saw uh, Googling going over there with Rick. Did you find any correlation between that particular Honda CRV 2017 and batteries? No, nope. was actually just answering a, another question on YouTube, but. Uh, uh, batteries are like anything. Sometimes you can get a bad one that will, f or a bad batch that can fail easily. Four in a row. But four in a row. That sounds like there's something weird going on with the four, car. Four in a thirty-five thousand mile period. Yeah, uh, there's something wrong with the car. I, yeah. I see. I, I just googled it, and um, <laughs> well, here's the search result: 2017 Honda CRV battery keeps going dead. Um, CRV parasitic drains and battery charging problems. Yeah. What are the 2017 Honda CRV battery? There is a problem here, and so, and if your dealer, your Honda dealer, isn't willing, which doesn't make sense because they get paid, uh, I try a different Honda dealer. Well, there should be a technical service bulletin yeah. on that. Uh, it could be even goodwill. There could be you might you might be entitled to some reimbursement on those batteries. You should be, and uh, maybe you are, but you have to ask sometimes. A lot of dealers don't know. I, a, a t TSB technical service bulletin is fairly common parlance on this, and a lot of dealers don't know what all their technical service bulletins are. Unfortunately, there's a huge number of technical service bulletins, and the dealer won't tell you about it. You have to complain. So if you go into a Honda dealer and your battery's been going dead every uh, 20 minutes, uh, you should tell them that. And, and then I would ask him if he didn't say, he said, well, I don't know what's going on. Say, do you have a technical yeah, service bulletin this, on that? Yeah, this guy needs to find another to, uh, Honda dealership. I, I just searched for a TSB. There is a TSB for the 2017 parasitic battery drain, so mm -hmm. call someone else. <laughs> I don't think you're dealing with a, a competent yeah, dealer. Write this down, folks. It's, it's kind of like a, it's a hidden warranty. It's a dirty little secret for, between manufacturers and car dealers. T is in Tom, or T is in technical, S is in service, B is in Bolton, TSB. Now, TSB is a secret warranty that the manufacturers put out when they know they have a problem with your car. And uh, they tell the dealer, don't tell anybody about it unless they complain. And that's to keep their expenses under control because they don't want the dealer selling something that the customer's not complaining about. So there you are. It's, uh, 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 you, if you have a chronic problem, be sure you not only ask them, but also ask them to check to see if they have a technical service bulletin on that specific issue. And of course, what we did, uh, Stu Googled it, and all you do is put in a battery problem, 2017 Honda CRV, and there you are. It pops up, and all the dirty laundry is aired, and you can see exactly what's going on. Okay, next text. Hi, Erling Gang. Excuse me before yeah. you get started on that text. We have Don, yeah. and uh, he's a first-time caller, and he's giving us a call from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Don. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I've called in a couple times before. I was the guy that had the GMC van with a bump toggle fish bite. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're talking about tires this morning, and my question, or one of my pet peeves, I don't understand why, they allow these uh, semi-trailers and trucks that run these retread tires. They're coming apart. Uh, some of them pieces weigh up to 50 pounds or more, and they're killing people. And, and I don't understand why they, why they allow retread tires on these big trucks and trailers. I don't either. I, I see them, too, and I, I, 
I thought they were made illegal at some point, and apparently they're not. What do you know about that, Rick? Um, the last I had ever researched on this, the, the legal issue is they can only be on rear axles. In other words, the, they can't be on the front of the vehicle. They have to be on the steering wheels. But yeah, retreads to me are, oh, I, I hate the whole idea of it, the whole concept. I used to ride a motorcycle, and I can tell oh, you, yeah. when you are cruising along and a car near you suddenly kicks a piece of that into you, yeah. oh boy, they're horrible. Yeah, well, I, I got a, a full race car, a race car trailer. I'm on the road a lot, and you run over one, they don't look so bad on the road, but when you hit one of them, uh, they do terrible damage underneath these vehicles and trailers. Not oh, yeah. In fact, you know what? Like a motorcycle hits it, you you know you're gonna wreck the bike and maybe get killed. And I don't I don't get why they allow this. It's just crazy. Oh, it's just like plugs and tires. You went after you went after the Takata yeah. airbags and had some success there. Maybe you can do something about these retread tires because I you see all these dump trucks running around down here. Yeah, yeah. Lots lots of them. They're all running retread tires on the back. The answer is the trucking lobby on the legislatures, and uh, that's uh, they want to keep their maintenance costs down, and they're willing to take a chance with uh, your life and the driver's life and other people on the highway's life. It's just a damn shame. But it uh, should be a federal law against plug-in tires and against retreads on tires. Uh, the states apparently have to take the responsibility upon themselves. We found out Pennsylvania makes it illegal to put a plug in a tire. In Florida, it's legal to put a plug in a tire. Go figure. Right. <laughs> yeah, and our roads get plenty hot. When these tires build up heat in the summertime, that's when they, that's, yeah. you know, for the retread to fall off. And they're really dangerous. You know, I, I hope they could do something about it. So, anyway, thanks for letting me call in and express my opinion. Thank you, Don. Have thanks, a good Don. one. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. And you can text full at uh, 772-497-6530. I mentioned again, ladies, I'm waiting for you to give us a call because uh, you can win $50 for the first two new lady callers. Boy, there's so much going on uh, on the uh, roads that's illegal that nobody does anything about, which, uh, as Don pointed out, can kill you. So, uh, just venting. Back to Stu. <laughs> Don also mentioned Takata, and it's been a long time since we talked about it. Mm. You saw in the news that Ford uh, has been ra wrestling with the NHTSA, and they lost their wrestling match, and now they're recalling 3 million Ford vehicles. I think uh, they're, not th they're not that recent. I think 2012 to 2016 or something like that. That's a lot more Takata cars on the road. So I'm just warning you used car dealers out there, we might be looking for Takata cars in your inventory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I, saw I can't find them anymore, which is great, but you know, we got a bunch more that are gonna have this recall. When I saw that on the news on Thursday, mm -hmm. and I heard the word Takata, and you I know, said, huh? oh wow, Takata. They <laughs> 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 haven't mentioned that in a while. <laughs> All right, I think we've had this uh, a variation of this question before, but we love answering it. Hi, uh, hi Earl and gang, first time listening to your show was last week. I caught you in time for your secret shopping report. Have you ever been sued for doing this? And we love you asking that question because it proves we're honest people. There's uh, probably more lawyers in South Florida per capita than <laughs> right. any place in the world. Right. And uh, if we had uh, lied, boy, oh boy, they would have uh, come right after us, probably the radio station, 
and uh, probably uh, maybe me personally. I, it's, well, I, I have a confession to make. Okay. There are some mistruths in the shopping report. I, uh, I will change the time of day, the weather, certain descriptions, because I'm trying to confuse the, uh, the dealership listening from so they don't identify the shopper. So I might oh. change up, uh, you know, little, yeah. you know, I was wearing yeah. a, a purple hat, yeah. or yeah. it was a beautiful yeah. sunny morning, and it might have been at seven o'clock at night. So. I don't think they can sue us because no, no, we no. lied about the no, time. No, 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 that's okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we are done with all the text. We have some anonymous feedback, uh, which just logged me out of the site here. I think and get in really quickly. Am I mistaken, or did we have more text than normal? And Usually we have more anonymous feedback than that. Uh, I haven't even gotten to the anonymous feedback. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, um, uh, we're staying for another hour. Oh, right? we could get through a whole show on this. There's a, there's a bunch of them here. So, um, yeah. I see Rick. He wants to say, you, you want to stay, don't you? All right. The first one, I think, uh, the first one I didn't understand, but it, it was a comment on something we were talking about last week. Um, we had a caller that came in and uh, had lost a key and wanted to make uh, another key made for their car, and it was really expensive. And then um, uh, you suggested getting a lawyer. And, uh, and anyway, so this is the comment on that. So we read them all good and bad. So you think a lawyer is going to take the case, the missing $300 Porsche key? Give me a frickin' break. <laughs> <laughs> I only read it because it, it kind of had some rhythm well, to yeah, it. Just like uh, car dealers, uh, there's good lawyers out there, and there's some good car dealers, but uh, not enough of them. Yeah. And sometimes lawyers do take cases because uh, they get emotionally involved, yeah. and they, they feel like uh, we need to teach, teach this guy a lesson also. Yeah. Uh, if a lawyer knows what he's doing, and a lot of them are pretty smart in that area, uh, you, uh, they work for attorney's fees. If you can go under the Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act and sue somebody in, in any state for that, uh, the Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act, they call it FDUPTA in short, uh, shorthand, uh, you collect the, uh, for the plaintiff, you, uh, if you're the plaintiff, you collect uh, your legal fees. Mm -hmm. So the lawyers don't go in it for the recovery. It might be a $100 issue. You know, it might be a $50 issue, but you might have $50,000 in attorney's fees. So right. the lawyer will call you up and say, listen, uh, I'm gonna sue you under the FDUCTA, the Federal, or the Florida Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practice Act, or you can give me uh, X number of dollars. And if you say no, then he says good, and he starts the clock going, and he's making a fortune hourly every time he talks to you or his client. And that makes a lot more money for him than the collection. He, he doesn't even probably take a piece of the action when you get paid if you use that particular one. Remember yeah, that, yeah. F, F, Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. You know, it's really unfortunate that, I mean, this, this past week you and I were talking about the remote and there was a customer that was really upset with the fact that they had to pay so much. And back in the day, um, you had to pay a lot, but now it's totally obscene. And I ask myself, why can't there be some control over that? I mean, you're gonna, you lose your remote and it's gonna cost you $800 to get your remote replaced. That's a little bit of a drag, uh, you know, I am, well, anyway. Another vent. Yeah. Well, some, to yeah, and sometimes <laughs> just a, a letter from a lawyer. That, that you, you don't don't picture a jury trial guy. <laughs> it's like it just might be a letter from an attorney, and the used car manager or whoever's getting the letter might go, "Hey, <laughs> that's a little intimidating," and they, they help you out. How annoying. Yep. Um, okay. If you type into Google search, GPS told couple to drive off. 
I'm sorry, Clive Avenue Bridge. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you if you type in if you search GPS told couple to drive off Klein Avenue Bridge, you'll find a story about a couple in Chicago that drove around barriers for for an under construction highway elevated on ramp that had been demolished and fell 37 feet. How will self-driving cars adapt to this? I thought of this story when I watched your YouTube uh, radio program today. The answer is, as horrible as that sounds and as a possibility that could happen, it's a much less possibility than a human being would just drink too much and do the same thing, even stupider. So uh, the computers and the, and the protections and autonomous vehicles will be 10 times smarter than the average driver. And yes, they're not perfect, and you will have accidents, but you'll have far fewer accidents and deaths than human beings will cause. Yeah, right. I think a computer <coughs> would be smart enough to see a sign that says road closed. Probably. Yeah. And not go down that road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Good point. <laughs> that, that accident, that tragedy, would be um, defined as um, human error. And that happens a lot more than computer error. Yes. Okay, hello, Earl and Stu. Um, thank you for the mystery shopping report of West Palm Beach Nissan. I've been following your show for several months from Massachusetts, and I've recently relocated to South Florida. I've also been a Nissan Maxima owner since 1989, and I love the car. I bought my second Maxima in 2003, and now I am ready to purchase my third. After looking over your good dealer, bad dealer list, I found there are five Nissan dealers in the area, but only two have made it to your good dealer list. Of those, the highest score is a D-plus with H. Greg Nissan of Delray, which I do not consider an acceptable place for grade for my purchase. Are there no Nissan dealers in South Florida that can provide me with a fair and honest price and treat me with respect? I will be happy to travel outside of the South Florida area to buy from a Nissan dealer that will at least pri provide a fair price for my, ne my next Maxima. Therefore, I would like to see if it would be possible to task Agent Lightning with helping me find a Nissan dealer somewhere in the state of Florida that can earn at least a grade of C or better with your Mr. Shopping reports. Thank you very much for your help and keep up the great work. I think this is a call um, for one of our vigilantes. Um, it is tough. Nissan uh, dealers, we talked about it last week when we did the Mr. Shopping report. For some reason, there seems to be a trend, a little bit more aggressive behavior um, in advertising and the sales tactics. Um, well, yeah, we, we, yeah. We, the, the main reason is Clustering. that Nissan is a company in distress and in disorganization. Uh, I believe their CEO went to jail. Uh, uh, they have, uh, uh, they have, they're desperate to try to stay above water. And when you have a desperate corporation, they take desperate measures and they're pushing their dealers uh, with, with uh, no mercy to sell more cars than they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you push a dealer and incentivize them in unfair manners, like uh, stair-step incentives, uh, and you punish dealers if they don't sell a number of cars, the dealers get desperate. They do terrible things. He does the same thing to his salespeople who yeah. will do that to you. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, hate, to, I hate to blanket an entire make a car. Uh, the Nissan is not a bad car, uh, qu quality-wise. Not the best, but it's, uh, it's not bad. But uh, it's awfully hard to find a good Nissan dealer. And I, well, let's take that as a challenge. I, we'll try to find one, and uh, what I would do is I would look for an auto nation. I would look for a, an auto group somewhere that owned a Nissan dealership because the public companies, and not 
all the time, but usually they're adhering to Absolutely. the letter of the law more than the average uh, small individual dealership. And I would look, we'll, we'll look around and we're going to try to find an honest D Nissan dealer somewhere. Yeah. Is Delray Nissan uh, still on the uh, good uh, good guys? Um, I got to pull it up. I'm not sure. But I know, that, like, they just reminded me we don't have anybody with a grade better than a D. Plus. <laughs> so if, if you have any folks out there that own Nissans, if you have a dealer you dealt with anywhere, let us know. Particularly in Florida, that question had to do with Florida. But if you've had a pleasant experience, honest, transparent experience with a Nissan dealer, let's hear from you and we can we'll mention the name on the air and then we'll if we can if it's within our range mm -hmm. we'll mystery shop that dealer there is an auto nation nissan dealership in pembroke prines which is uh, if you're new to the area it's it's not that far from here maybe an hour mm, yeah so, i yeah. try that yeah that's a good suggestion because they like they're regulated a little bit more hmm. okay uh next one um hello earl i have a question for all of you i want to buy a used car here for my son um He's here in Florida. And, wait, I'm here in Florida, and I want to. I'm going to send my son to college in California. I want to ship it there in a car transport truck. Do you know if your service department can rate the emissions as acceptable, or another smaller emission service center that can issue a certificate cert certification of passing emissions before I take the plunge and send a used car to California? Uh, I'm going to ask Rick to answer that one because I don't. I don't think we have. We had a question asked before. We don't have emission testing. That uh, would yeah. tell us that. Yeah, we we haven't had emissions testing here in South Florida Since or in Florida in so long yeah. that no shop really keeps that equipment around anymore. But I believe a car is uh, has to be uh, registered. I think there's an official record when someone passes the California emission test, and uh, we could you should be able to track that with a VIN number. Yeah, but I think they bought the vehicle here in Florida. Well, now, I, well, you, I mean, but you might you, you could have a car in Florida. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can because I know for just for Toyota when they when they make these cars that that's they're 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 fifty cent compliant, including California. So right. they they if you buy a, a Toyota in Florida, it's going to be you could sell it to California yeah. without the emissions uh, issues. Yeah, well, one of you one of you Googlers in the in the in the studio here, uh, you should be able to Google that. I think you can by VIN find out if a vehicle. Is, is 50, uh, compliant. State, 50 yeah. state compliant. California. Okay, I think we're going to go back to the phones, and uh, we've got uh, Tom from Jupiter. Good morning, Tom. Oh, hello? Hello? How are you this morning? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You caught me out here. I'll start here. A couple of things. One of them is, um, jeez, uh, lost my train of thought. Well, one of them is I was looking after I crashed my beloved mini, um, Mazda mini, uh, Miata, I was looking for another car, and uh, so I was sort of looking around, and I thought about possibly uh, an Audi convertible. So I went up to the dealership in uh, Stewart, and uh, with the Audi dealership, I don't remember which one it was. And so I'm talking with the sales lady there, and we're chatting, going through things and stuff. And then her sales manager came out there, and he starts going on about, okay, what do I need? do to get you in this car today and he's going on and on and that pushy sort of way and i said um hmm. anyway i just said you know well i'm certainly not going to decide today what i want to do well he walked away and went somewhere else and i told Geraldine, i said let me tell you something that guy right there just cost you a sale yeah i said i do not appreciate that aggressive going after me that kind of way at all you ain't going to sell me a car like that but it ties in with what you were saying that the guy was saying about the um, 
uh, the Maxima uh, dealers with that with that um, um, Nissan with the Nissan deals. You know, mm-hmm. as far as doing anything they can to sell a car, yeah. and they just get more aggressive and. Uh, uh, and they called me up, too, of course, following up my uh, visit up there. And I said, listen, your sales manager cost you the sale, period. That's all there was to it. And uh, I said, I don't appreciate how aggressive it was um, when he was chatting with me. But anyway, maybe it's just me. But um, No, you're you're in the majority, Tom. That's uh, that's uh, all too uh, common with car dealers, the, the high pressure. Okay, excuse me, I just remember the other thing. When you were talking about the emissions test, uh, we moved from Maryland about 10 years ago, and you guys may or may not know, but we had emissions test every one to two years for $12 a shot. Well, I thought it was the biggest bunch of crap in the world. Yeah. And the reason I did was because they did emissions tests on, they didn't do any emissions tests on cars that were older in like five years or any trucks or anything, which are the ones that need the emission test. Mm-hmm. The only ones they did it on were cars that were newer than five years old. And uh, most of them are probably going to pass. And um, I just thought it was a total ripoff and a waste. But uh, they're probably still doing it, too. But you guys used to do it in Florida, but not anymore? Yeah, yeah the, it's been about 20 years. People hated it, and they complained so much. The politician says, okay, and they stopped them. Yeah, well, good. Yeah, because yeah, I just thought it was a joke and uh, just a way to get money easily, you know. So, anyway, that's it. Okay? Thanks. You guys do a great Thank job. You. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Give us a call yeah. again. Uh, remember, you're anonymousfeedback.com. And, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And also, don't forget about www.earlsvigilantes.com. I just uh, I googled that about the emissions, and if you're there's an emissions label on the door jam and also under the hood and on the engine, and it will indicate whether it is emissions compliant in California. And I don't know if Jonathan has it up on the screen. I sent him the picture, and uh, there's a picture where you can find that sticker, so it's pretty easy to find. But just Google it, and it's easy to do. All right, the next anonymous feedback. Everything Earl told. In his video on buy here, pay here dealers are the same tactics the new car dealerships use. Buy here, pay here lots are regulated. They abide by state warranty laws and you know the interest rate before you buy. The main difference is the cars they sell are cheaper and have higher miles and they're older. Well, I didn't know I was that hard on buy here, pay here. Uh, Matter of fact, interestingly enough, uh, uh, I have a, a friend that we're looking to uh, get a car through buy here, pay here, because uh, we can't handle the financing with uh, uh, our financial sources. Uh, I think buy here, pay here, uh, they are subprime credit people that can't uh, buy a car through a conventional lender, and they serve a real purpose. I mean, if you have to have a car, uh, I'd rather, if I had to have a car and I couldn't get financed at a regular dealership, I would pay a high rate of interest to have a car. I mean, you got to have a car in certain parts of the world. Florida is one of them. You have to go to work, you have to go to the pharmacy, you have to go to the doctor, take your kids to school. What are you going to do without a car? So it's, they serve a very important purpose. They have to charge a high interest rate because 
a lot of people don't make the payments and they have to repossess the car. Their cost of doing business is higher when you're dealing with people with bad credit. So I, I, I never, what I worry about is the car dealer that treats you the way uh, a, a subprime buy here, pay here dealer who charges you a high rate of interest that doesn't have to charge it. But uh, charge you in four, you can charge 30%, uh, 25, 30%. And if you have to repossess 25% of your cars, you need that profit to uh, keep in business. So they serve yeah. a purpose. Yeah, you've been criticized uh, for going too easy on buy here, pay here. Oh, That's, too easy. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, this is a, oh, a, a okay. critique, but I, I, yeah. I think we hear more things saying that people who don't like buy here, pay here thinks that you're going too easy because yeah. you made a very important point is for some people, that's the only avenue they have to get a car. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and there are good buy here, pay here, and there's bad yeah. buy here, pay here lots. We got well. check cashing services. Uh, yeah. Everybody hates check cashing services. Why should you charge somebody $5 to cash a $50 check? I don't even know what they charge, but it's some obscene amount of money, uh, obscene to you and to me, but to the person that can't cash a check anywhere, he doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't have a bank. And he goes into a 7-Eleven, and he says, will you cash this for me? They laugh at him. So they go to a check cashing service, and they have to charge a lot of money because they, a lot of people are yeah. giving them bad checks. This is the options, you know, for the less fortunate. And like you said, they got to have a car. they got to get to work. Uh, so many different things. Yeah, so necessary. Some, but the, the most important thing is for you to, you know, do your homework as far as these buy here, pay here, because there are some good places that you can go. Yeah. Beach cars. And not get your head torn off. Yeah. All right. More anonymous feedback. Does traction control help prevent hydroplaning? I ask because this seemed to be something I used to worry about all the time, and I can't remember the last time my car hydroplaned. All my cars in recent years have had traction control, so I'm wondering. Yes, that's the one of the primary purposes of it. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I hydroplaned. I used to do it all the time. Mm. <laughs> no one ever. I love saying these things, you know, about the past is to make her all, you know, sweat a little bit. <laughs> if you saw me, never mind. <laughs> right. My mom did the same thing. Uh, we have. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we believe that uh, we have Geraldine calling from uh, Stewart. <laughs> Good morning, Geraldine. Good morning. How are, you are you, Geraldine? Uh, have you called us before? Oh, welcome back. How are you today? We're good. We're good. Very Thank good. You. What can we I do have a for you? Questions this morning. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, first of all, I have a 2020 Corolla. How do I increase the fan speed when I'm using the outside air setting only, not the AC or the heat? And can that be done? Yeah, just use the controls to, to raise the fan speed, but where the little button is that says AC, just turn hit that so that it turns the AC off, and it will run just the fan. Okay, so and I can, I can make the fan run faster? Uh, up to its maximum speed, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. And how do I find my radio ID number? Uh, for XM? Yes, I'm trying to get Sirius XM, but um, and when I looked it up on the internet, it said I could access it by using my car radio ID, 
and I should go to the menu board. But when I car radio that, ID, I've never heard of that, uh, Rick. What is a car radio ID? Right. Um, well, for for Sirius XM satellite radio, you have to have the the number from your radio for your account, and what you'll do is. Uh, switch the mode to where it brings up Sirius on or the XM radio on your radio itself, and I believe channel zero will give you your radio ID number. Cool. Yeah, it will. Uh, I've done that. Okay. How do I get the Sirius XM on my car radio though? Do I have to sync it up with a cell phone? Well, no. If your car, if the radio already has the Adapter. There's there's an actual extra part with the uh, that needs to be added in in order to have it uh, do serious. Unless some radios already have it in, and where you would switch from AM to FM to the CD player or whatever, it, you'll see it in that list when you're switching it from uh, the different channels from AM to FM. You'll see XM on there. Okay, and if it's not on there, then I need the extra part. Right. You'd need to see your dealership to have that set up. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. I thank appreciate you. your help. Thank you, you Welcome, Geraldine. And that's a great way to go uh, to the dealership. They'll kind of walk you through that. Thanks for the phone call, Geraldine. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. All right, we have anonymous feedback a good one. This is for Earl. Why do you only care for dogs? Half the population prefers cats and would rather see you help them. Um, before you answer, <laughs> it's not true. I looked it up. Dog ownership versus cat ownership. 53% of Americans own dogs, but only 35% of Americans own cats. There's your answer. No, I'm just kidding. Well, 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 <laughs> I, I, happen kidding. To, I happen to love kitty cats. I like uh, kitty cats. I like doggies. And... Uh, I just happen to prefer dogs. I think dogs are more into my uh, personality. Yeah. I think. Well, we I grew up with dogs and cats in our yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I identify can... more with a dog than I do a cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, and by the way, Big Dog Ranch Rescue also there you uh, go. Yeah, well, also has a cat division. We have a, a, a subsidiary of kitty cats. They have a very nervous little uh, contingency of cats yeah, on very, the campus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are in the minority, <laughs> and the kitty cats are nervous that are out there. But. Right. That's what they do when they do the cat test for the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I just, I just, we love cats and we grow, we love all animals mm-hmm. and uh, but we, Big Dog Ranch Rescue is such a force of nature here in, in South or the whole state yeah. and uh, it's an honor to to, to, to work with them and, uh, and like you said they do help cats too. So okay, we're going to go back to the phones and we have Kevin, and he's giving us a call from Buffalo, New York. Ooh, must be chilly. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, good morning, everybody. But it's not chilly when I'm listening to Earl Stewart on cars. Great, great to hear your show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes my brother who lives in Sarasota protected me the temperature from Sarasota this past uh, January, and it was the same temperature in Florida. And it was up here it was 30 degrees for a while <laughs> sometimes in Florida. So, but we're still warm, and I like I enjoy your show. It feels good. Several questions. One is. Do I ever complain about a car dealer that I didn't really appreciate how they, what I bought the car from, the, the dealership, how I was treated? Is it really worth the effort? Does the manufacturer like to hear that? Or do I just let it go? You know? 
That's well, a great question. Well, you, you can you can tell the manufacturer, but to be honest with you, Kevin, uh, uh, they don't do much. I mean, uh, they pass it back to the dealer. Uh, um, customer satisfaction is uh, is uh, they they talk customer satisfaction, but they don't walk the talk. And uh, manufacturers, the 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 reason being that the highest volume car dealers of just about every make are the ones that are probably the roughest on their customers. And uh, high pressure sales tactics sells cars. High pressure advertising, unfair and deceptive advertising, unfair and deceptive trade pra uh, sales practices. Uh, if you have a dealer that's selling a thousand cars a month, and tr there, are, there are dealers that do that, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be a high pressure outfit. And the manufacturers, uh, it's all about the money. Uh, General Motors, Ford, Toyota, Honda, they all, it's the bottom line. They have a fiduciary responsibility to deliver to the stockholders. They're public companies. And the law says that you have to do everything possible, honestly, to make as much money as you can for the stockholders. And unfortunately, some of these uh, pressure tactics and things that are so offensive to you and me are working in the marketplace to sell more cars and make more money. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you could notify the manufacturer, but I, you're better off to uh, try to handle it yourself or go through the local regulators like the Department of Motor Vehicles, uh, the Attorney General's Office, County Office of Consumer Affairs, even the Better Business Bureau, as weak as they are, but you get more action there than you do when you go to the manufacturer. Yeah, because you know, I even spoke to the owner of the, of the dealership, and I was a repeat customer. Mm -hmm. And when he tells me a, a line that I don't make a lot of money on the cars, well, then, you know, That's that isn't right. what I want to hear. I want to hear no. that you're providing nice service to me. So Sure. All right. All right, my other three questions are related to a, a, a car. Three things I would want to know if it would void the new car warranty if I install the trailer hitch, the wiring for pulling a small trailer, and since we're in Buffalo, New York, and we do use salt on the road, will rust-proofing void the warranty? You should ask the question. The yeah. I mean, there, there, there are uh, specifications for the model car you have that will tell you what, what weight trailer you can pull, and you don't want to do more than that because you would void the warranty, and you also could screw up your transmission. Yeah, I was more interested in, obviously, if you put a trailer hitch on, and also if you put have to attach the wiring for the trailer harness, and you have to cut into the wiring system. Because I do not believe most cars have a, a bunch of wires in the back of the, of the car where you can add a trailer hitch. Like, I had a car, one van that had it like that, and that's what I was worried about. Yeah, I would definitely consult the, the, the was it Ford? It's a GM product. A GM, the dealership for sure. Just make sure anything that's installed is is by specs, because anything that screws up, you know, anything existing um, could be cause for you know where it could impact your warranty. Rick, you got a point. Um, I would recommend for the wiring, look for a type of system that doesn't actually tap in on the wires on the factory wire by like cutting into it, but they make ones where you actually unplug the taillight connector and plug a pigtail in between the factory harness and the taillight itself, and that's how it connects in. Uh, those are a much better solution because if you need to remove it, it can be easily removed, 
and the factory harness is pristine. You, you don't damage it at all. All right. All right. That's a great uh, idea. That's why I like listening to intelligent conversation from your show. It's great. Well, thank what about you. rust-proof? I know you guys have a bunch of experience with rust-proof. Well, would that avoid the warranty, even though the, the rust-proof manufacturer says it doesn't? We, we don't know much about that. <laughs> I can't see how it would. Right. I mean, you're, you're, they're simply spraying a coating on the underside of the car. So I, I couldn't see how that would void any sort of warranties. All right, but your last, second last answer, we don't have much experience with it. I like the honesty of the show like that. <laughs> you didn't try to sell me anything out of it. Well, we used to have experience, but it was but it was a kind of a worthless thing that was put on the cars down here. It was polyglycote and all that sort of stuff, rust and dust. It was kind of a scam, but up in Buffalo, I imagine, you probably have a, a actually legitimate need with all the salt on the roads. That's correct. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, I really appreciate, and ladies, I appreciate all your uh, effort. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Stay warm. Give us a call again. We are. Well, folks, I, uh, I think that w shortly we're going to get ready for the Mystery Shopping Report, and the Mystery Shopping Report is from Bev Smith Toyota, but I think that Stu has a few more, uh, not a whole lot of your, your anonymous feedback. And we have YouTube, too. Yeah. Oh, YouTube too, and Texas. So, who do you want to go to YouTube? Just jump over to Rick. Well, these are uh, just a couple quick notes here. Uh, Tom Steckel says that he bought and read your book, Earl, and he says great information that every car buyer should have. Thank you. And then for our uh, can I do a quick commercial? Yeah. Available on Amazon. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. One hundred percent of the proceeds go to Big Dog. Ranch Rescue. And we also take care of kitty cats out there at Big Dog Ranch Rescue. <laughs> and, we, and we also and we take care of little dogs too. Yeah, I've dogs, never big I've dogs. always worried about the name Big Dog. It's really a big and little dog. Yeah. And uh, you buy it on Amazon, you learn how to buy a car without being ripped off by a car dealer, and you save a dog's life because one hundred percent you know, I don't like these people that say a you know, a portion of this goes. Uh, you know, it's so misleading. Yeah, they, give, they give 25 cents for a $1,000 product, yeah. and they say a portion of it. The portion of this book is 100% of what a the money... After Amazon gets there. Yeah, yeah after <laughs> Amazon the gets there. But all the money we get from Amazon, yeah, we, just, we give it 100% to Big Dog Ranch yep. Rescue. No shenanigans here. Matter of fact, we have a, the way it's set up. Every time somebody buys a book, a deposit's made into Earl Short Charities, and that's transferred automatically over to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. So yes. we don't, a penny doesn't even go into your pocket, that's yeah. right. even so, temporarily. So, folks, pick up the book. You can buy it on Amazon. And I think that Big Dog Ranch, uh, Small Dogs, Kitty Cats, I think the big comes from the big heart that they have and all the work that they have done. And you can, you can adopt anything out there. Big and small, we save them all. Yeah. That's what they say. Orangutan, can we got, do we have any orangutans? I want an orangutan. Okay, we'll do We'll do what we can, sir. We'll get you an orangutan. Wow. <laughs> Those are uh, endangered species. Yeah. We'll not be getting an orangutan. All right, anonymous feedback. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, Rick. <laughs> uh, well, actually, we have two suggestions for our fellow that was looking for a Nissan. Uh, Michael Vittitamo says, Crown Nissan in St. Petersburg is very good. And Ernesto Ortega says he's heard good things about Gainesville, Gainesville. Nissan in Gainesville. Yep, he texted me about that. We're going to get to that. He's also volunteered. He's, uh, Ernesto is a vigilante as well. And he's volunteered to mystery shop uh, the Nissan dealership in Gainesville. Excellent. So I'm gonna, I'll nice. communicate with him yeah, after the show. 
All right, uh, anonymous feedback. Either the standard parking stop height needs to be lowered or the standard height for front bumpers on cars must be raised. I've only torn off one of one trim piece backing out of a spot, but let me tell you, I scrape it every damn day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really stupid that that happens. I mean, uh, my car doesn't do that, but... I, I love our listeners, by yeah. the way. Well, it's that's true. I mean, it's, it's just, why? Cars have gotten so much lower to the ground yeah. for aerodynamics yeah. that a, a lot of cars, I have a hard time getting the lift yeah. underneath the car. We actually have to have guys that will help us lift, pull up on the car to get the lift legs to go under. It's, it's gotten crazy. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready to jump over to our mystery shopping report. There's okay. some left, but we'll get to them next week. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe we wind it up sooner than we normally do. I don't know. Um, anyway, I, I got the wrong. Uh, here we are. Mystery shop of Best Smith Toyota. Here we go. In April last year, we investigated Best Smith Toyota for running a very distasteful ad during the early phases of the COVID pandemic. Best Smith Toyota's online ad for 0% APR for 84 months was headlined, Best Smith Toyota Stimulus. We want to help. Now, this is back in what, March? This is in uh, April. April, March, April, yeah, April. Uh, COVID, it just became apparent how bad it was and people started to get scared. So here we go. Exploiting the fear of the potential customers for Best Smith Toyota. It went on to proclaim, just announced, this is the advertisement, 0% APR financing for 84 months. Get a check for up to $5,000 back when you buy. Make no payments for six months when you buy or lease. Get a $25 Walmart or Lowe's gift card with any test drive, even at home test drives. Uh, and, and if you just tuned in, this is not the ad that we mystery shop. This was back in April of 2020 at the onset of the COVID pandemic. And so that's the reason we're going back to see if they've cleaned up their act. Um, below the ad, there was a thick block of the smallest, most illegible, mind-numbing fine print I've ever seen. The text was in all caps, uh, white over a dark red background. It was very clever yeah. to do that. There's a I guess studies, optical yeah, studies. I had a seizure when I was trying to read yeah, it. Yeah, you can't read it. <laughs> uh, and here's what it really said, the fine print. And it took a while to get this where we could read it. Offers on select models with approved credit. That means, uh, you know, one car maybe. Here's the example. New 2019 Toyota Sequoia, VIN number, MSRP 5885 cashback in lieu of all incentives and rebates, so they're really just taking the incentive and rebates, and, yeah. and uh, which you're entitled to anyway, but now they're taking them away. For retail new uh, Toyota contracts, first three months deferred through Southeast Toyota Finance, next three months paid by Bill Smith, up to $1,500 at Cabot. Interest accrues, of course, during the deferrals. For lease, a new Toyota contract, six months covered by Bill Smith, up to $3,000. Mm -hmm. Gift cards provided by Best Smith Toyota for new and used car test drives, one per household. Prior test drives included finance offer available through space. This is the really, really uh, almost nauseous part. Finance offer available only through Space Coast, space Coast Credit Union, up around Merritt Island, I guess, for first responders and medical field employees only. All offers exclude tax tax title registration, $898.50 dealer fee. These charges represent cost, and there, here's the disclosure, I won't read that. And uh, 
you couldn't read this, but that's the disclosure. Uh, if you have perfect vision on a microscope or a magnifying glass, you'll be able to spot the catch. Actually, there are several catches. The big one has to do with the offer of 0% for 84 months. To get that, and this is a really, really nasty thing, to get that, you have to get a membership into Space Coast Credit Union. You gotta be a member. I mean, how many members do they have? And, and be a first responder. You've gotta be a fireman or a cop, or you gotta be employed in the medical field. So that was the really uh, onerous, uh, disgusting part about that advertisement. I think it's great that there were special offers for the brave women and men who were fought, who fought against our fighting against COVID-19. But this ad wasn't meant for those folks. They knew about it because the credit union would have told them. This ad is meant to fool everyone because that was in the fine print. You assume that you can get this offer, and you can't unless you're a first responder and a member of the uh, credit union. Uh, that's, uh, that's the reason we uh, really blasted them a year ago, and we said, give them another chance. We need to go back. Uh, have they cleaned up their act? So I'm taking my hat off. Uh, when Agent Thunder went to the dealership, he encountered the expected bait and switch and left with a price that was uh, $1,400 over MSRP on new Toyota. Came in for a, a sweet deal, but he wasn't a first responder. Ended up paying $1,400 over sticker. Nine months later, we returned to Bell Smith Toyota with a different agent and a new strategy. Agent Lightning was asked to begin her mission, our female shopper, mystery shopper, with an internet inquiry for a price on a new 2021 Toyota Highlander and ended with a visit to the dealership. The big question, would an internet price be the same as the in-store price? Okay, here's a report. I'm Agent uh, Lightning. I'm the uh, speak of the first person. I started this mission by finding Best Smith Toyota's website, navigating to the new vehicle inventory. I selected the 2021 Highlander XLE with an MSRP of 42109 To get a price, I had to fill out a form with my name, email address, and phone number. I clicked Get E-Price and waited. Now, for you uh, amateur mystery shoppers out there, when you want to shop a dealership, or you want to find out a price on dealership, you can get a free email address. Uh, you get it from Microsoft Outlook, you get it from Yahoo, a number of free email addresses. So don't use your own email address because you get hounded. And you, you can also make up a name, of course, and you should. And a phone number, you can put on a phony phone number, and oftentimes you can get away with no phone number. But don't, if you're gonna, if you're gonna play amateur shopper, don't do this because if you put your real information in, uh, you'll never you'll never hear the end of it. Uh, I, the reason I know this is I do some mystery shopping myself, and I have an AOL uh, email address that I never use, and I use it strictly for mystery shopping. And when I go in mystery shop, I mystery shopped a car dealership about six or eight months ago, and they're still hounded me. I mean, they keep on going after you till you buy or you die. That's another expression car dealers use. You know, you tell the salespeople. You follow up until they buy or they die. Mm -hmm. uh, where am I? Okay. Filled out the form. Within With, a few minutes. Uh, thank you. Within a few minutes, I began to receive emails from Best Smith Toyota. I mean, it's fast. And, you know, uh, car dealers, uh, you, you make an inquiry, email, text, phone, bam, they're on you. And they never stop. The email indicated I'd be receiving a $3,500 discount 
to get an E price, electronic online price, $38,609. Now, what does that mean? You don't know what it means. It's an E price, they call it a cash price, they call it an out the door price. Um, the out the door price is never the out the door price. I'll tell you what the definition of a real out the door price is later. There was no out the door price included or any listing of the fees that would be added to the E price. Included in the email was a, was a Toyota vehicle information sheet and a note from the internet manager, Brian. While obtaining a great price is important, nothing takes the place of seeing a vehicle in person. I'd love to invite you to the dealership. This is Brian talking. I would love to invite you to the dealership at your earliest convenience for a professional vehicle presentation. Now, they want to get you on the door. The chances of you getting a real price online, uh, one in a hundred, Stu, one in five hundred, every now and then. Right. It every just now and doesn't then. pan out. They, they don't do that. They, do, they will not give you the price. I didn't respond to Brian. I plan to just pop in later in the day, so I'm Agent Lightning. I arrived earlier in the afternoon, entered the showroom. Might have been the morning, because Stu told me he likes about this. <laughs> I switched things around. <laughs> yeah. Matt greeted me at the door and asked if I was there to see anyone specific. He also, after apparently seeing the car I, drive to, I arrived in, asked if I was trading in my Honda. I answered no to both questions. Told him what I was looking for. I didn't mention the price quote I'd already received from the dealership. Matt led me to his desk and we sat down. All the time, there's no communication between the internet department and what we call them, the floor yeah. salesman and the regular salespeople. I will say this though: if if you put an internet request in, it goes into their system, their customer management system. In most cases, I mean, yeah. right. And so, if you go to the sale, the dealership later, the salesperson, they'll see that, but they they all they're deceitful amongst each other. Yeah. <laughs> they will they will yeah. steal deals from each other. It's called skating, and that's, oh, that's sure. very common. Exactly. Everybody's on commission. Yeah. And why should George get the commission? I'm Charlie. I'm going to get the commission for myself. George, uh, you know, that's that's it's doggy dog amongst the salespeople oftentimes, and of course it's always doggy dog with the customer. Asked me a series of questions, the usual stuff. I wrote my answers on a photocopied form. I noticed a young man lurking nearby who seemed to be trying to listen in. He noticed me, stepped forward and apologized. Said he was a new salesperson in training. Uh, Matt said he'd be shadowing us. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. That's the way to learn. We found a 2021 Highlander on Matt's computer. Wasn't the exact one that I was quoted, but it was close enough. MSRP 41269, that's about $1,000 less. So you need to factor that in uh, if you're, MSRP is a very important thing. When you're shopping cars in the same year making model, you always want to shop the same MSRP. And one of the switching cars is one of the uh, most onerous tricks of car dealers. You come in on one car, they don't want you to stick with that car that you know the MSRP of. They want to get you to another car because then they can change the price and uh, you can't catch it as easily. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt and the trainee left to get a key for the Highlander. They were back quickly, led me outside where we found the vehicle. Matt uh, gave me and, and the trainee a, a lengthy presentation of the features and then backed it out. Uh, and back it out of the spot. Out of the spot, sorry. Out of the spot. There was a denim sticker affixed to the window near the Monroney label. Now hang on your hats. This is a this is a good one. Additional four thousand nine hundred and ninety dollars, five thousand dollars, let's call it, 
additional over sticker, $4,990 over MSRP. There was $2,995 for additional equipment, plus a $1,995 market value adjustment. Market value adjustment is just an insult to your intelligence. It's an insult. And the the, the $2,995 and overpriced, ridiculous extra equipment is bad enough, but the market value adjustment is an insult to your intelligence. The additional equipment included Nitro Tire Fill, classic BS. Zoom reports, nitrogen tires is worth nothing. Um, Google it, trust me. Floor mats, overpriced floor mats, window tent, overpriced window tent, alloy wheel locks, overpriced, and lifetime powertrain warranty, which they advertise every day as being free. Now they're putting it into the extra addendum label and they're, charging you for they're it. They're building value. <laughs> you know, all that stuff is worth under $200. Exactly. Yeah. They're all worth, uh, the, the, the powertrain warranty is worth zero, right. and the nitro is worth zero. Uh, Window tents about 130, floor mats, you get uh, maybe a little over 200, maybe 80 bucks, 90 bucks for the floor mats. And wheel locks, what, 30, 20 bucks? Yeah. 25 bucks all day long. Yeah. The, trainees, <laughs> the trainees stayed behind while Matt and I took a short test drive up. Up and down US-1, we returned to his desk, look at the deal, the trainee was waiting for us. Before Matt left to get the, his numbers from his manager, he told me that I would get four years of free maintenance instead of two, usually offered by Toyota, and Toyota gives two years of free maintenance. A lot of the manufacturers do, do the free maintenance uh, because maintenance is very little cost to them. I mean, you're doing rotate and balance and oil changes, and it's very, very inexpensive. Good news about all new cars. So the manufacturers say, what the hell, let's give it to them. And they do. Uh, the ins implication was that this four years, the extra two, was exclusive to Best Smith Toyota, and it isn't. Uh, it comes with ToyaGuard. You're paying for that extra two years. They're charging you $699 for a bunch of rust and dust and fabric coat and See, roadside service. Right. So normally I would say, well, they don't charge the full 699 because you're not paying MSRP, but, but hold on, <laughs> bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. paying for it. Yeah, you're paying for it. Matt and the trainee left to visit the sales manager. They returned with a worksheet. Worksheet top line was the inflated phony Monroney, $46,619, sorry, five. Five thousand. I, I, that's a misprint. Five thousand. Five thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. He took off a thirty-five hundred labeled preferred customer program. I like that. To give me a selling price of forty-three one nineteen. Then he added eight hundred ninety-eight dollars for a pre-delivery service fee. That's a hidden fee. Sales tax six hundred one dollars for license and title fees. As he went over the deal, he made a, he made random marks, underlining numbers, and drawing arrows on the worksheet, and they didn't seem to do anything. He was uh, like, he would just do this. He'd draw an arrow to here and line, yeah, and then he was talking. Maybe it was just a nervous, nervous thing. Nervous thing, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, the minimum uh, items and dealer fee was charging me two thousand seven hundred forty dollars over MSRP after the, the after the discount. After the discount. <laughs> so here you are at a slam dunk twenty seven hundred forty dollars over sticker price, and that's a discounted price. That's bigger than a slam dunk. Now this is old, old school. Out the door was uh, at, say, 47317 Matt asked me what I thought. I said I thought I was getting a better deal. He asked me to tell me what I had in mind. He said, I, 
I said, I thought I was getting a better deal. Uh, you know, say, what do you have? The other side, what do you what do you think is a better deal? And uh, he see what he could do. I told him it had been ages since I negotiated to buy a car. He said, I really had no idea. You want to know if I was signed in today, if I approved of the numbers. Uh, uh, and, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> misprint. It's my computer yeah. keyboard. <laughs> yeah. The numbers he came back with. Yeah, you were up late last night. No, still. no, no. I have a malfunctioning keyboard. I see. I told him I didn't know, and my brother wanted to do some research online with me. I said I may re uh, research the prices tonight, unless he blew my socks off with a great deal. Matt said he could do that. So now you put the fear of God into the dealer, and just a little bit of negotiation. Remember, he thought he had a laydown. He thought he had a sucker, and he's trying to make $2,748 over sticker. And guess what? They do make that off some people. And if you're the victim that comes in there, uh, the, the, the first-time buyer, uh, you never bought a car before, uh, language, uh, English is not your first language, maybe you don't have the best education, uh, maybe you're timid, maybe you're easily intimidated, any of those categories, you'll pay a $10,000 profit to a car dealer if he can get away with it. And here, Agent Lightning just said, eh, I got to go home and talk about it with my brother, uh, do a little research online. He's going back to the manager now and say, no, she's not a laydown boss. Uh, she's going to go home, talk it over with her brother, and she's going to go online. She's going to get some more prices. That's all it took. They came back with a new worksheet with a bigger discount. This time, the preferred customer discount was $7,000. Did you hear what I said? $7,819, and my selling price was $38,800. And, of course, they had the $898 dealer feedback, and so now the real price was $39,698. Uh, the out-the-door price was $42,730. They came down to what? $5,000. Oh, $5, so just whispering in their ear about talking to your advisor at home, your brother, uh, talking about going online, checking other prices. When you walk out that door in the old school, you don't have to do too much to get them to come down in price. And uh, that is... Uh, the way it goes. So, uh, and that's the way it is in most dealerships, to be honest with you. I told him it looked much better. Matt said if I was ready to sign in, but I said no. I told him I think I needed to take my brother up on his offer to help me do so. Matt told me I would have to be pretty lucky to find the price as aggressive as the one he gave me. I didn't mention I'd already received a lower quote from his own dealership in an email this morning. I told Matt I would take my chances and that I may be back, he gave me his card and left. Now, I question this statement, Stu. Uh, do you really think he would have gotten that price? No. Uh, yeah, so. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. just saying, but. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he, if he, they would have done the same thing to the online price. They, they'd start you over at the beginning, probably. Yeah. That's what we see a lot. Yeah. Um, you might have gotten the price, you think you've made a progress, yeah. then they start you at sticker and they, yeah. they beat you up again. And this is a great example of two tier pricing. And two tiers pricing is is uh, SOP. Uh, uh, my dealership uh, did two-tier pricing for a long time. And we had an internet department, and we had a floor sales department, and now in most dealerships, they've kind of merged. And uh, online buying is, is really what's, what it's all about now. But in a lot of dealerships, it still hasn't. Uh, but it was really strange for a long while. If you went online, in my dealership, Going back, uh, how many years ago was this? Twenty, mm. uh, when online first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, we have 22 years. Yeah, we give you the we, we give you a much better price online than if you came in the front door and talked to a salesperson. It just seems stupid now, and uh, that's the reason I call myself a recovering car dealer. I'm not recovered yet, <laughs> but I'm getting closer every day. Okay, uh, where are we? Business addendum is one of the biggest we've seen, almost five thousand dollars. President Agent Lightning got a, uh, was okay, not great. With a little effort, getting some more quotes online, Agent Lightning would have no problem getting a better deal. So even the uh, even the door, the price they walked them on, is not a great, not a good price. Yeah, I, did, I didn't want to comment too much on pricing of a Highlander, lest it appear that we were advertising Highlanders. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, the grades are flowing in. I think this one hit an emotional chord with our listeners. So yeah, yeah. Linda usually gives them a big fat F. This time she's going for volume. She's given them what appears to be five smaller Fs. <laughs> so <laughs> it's still an F. Um, uh, Doug and Ollie, by, I'm sorry, Ollie um, gives them an F and Doug gives an F. And then so we get some text come here. Jonathan Welton uh, gives them an F. Bob gives them an F. And I don't know what to say. I'm going to, I don't know what to say. D. Yeah, we're. I've seen worse. I'm the, just saying. We have the grades are more yeah, important now because we are yeah. using. We're not passing. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. I'm giving them D. Yeah, it's not a pass or fail. Yeah. Rick, what do you got? We've got Rico with F. Find another dealer. <laughs> for find another dealer. Megan one D plus, but you had to work for that low price. Wayne Vite with a huge F. Uh, Karen coming in with an F. And let's see here, Tom Gilliland. No fine print here, F. Andrew Plasinski with a C. Mark Bryan with an F. Ernesto with a D. Myself, I'm gonna go with a D minus because I think if, if you go in there ready to fight and armed up with the knowledge that you've got, Earl, hmm. I think you can do something to them, but. Yeah, you could. I really believe you could. You go in there and hammer them hard, you could come out. Uh, any car dealer, almost any car dealer, if you go in there and hammer, and that's a lot better way to do it than that, True Car, Costco. But if you're going to go in there and hammer and negotiate and you're any good, you can get a good, really good price. And you saw what Agent Lightning did with just a kind of a suggestion yeah. that she'd be shopping and compared to Nancy. Well, um, I'll tell you, I hate going into a car dealership and then having to go home and take a shower. But in this case, I think I would have to take two showers. So for that, I give them uh, just a simple F. Oh well, we're gonna, we're, you know, we're not going to we're not going to fail them. Uh, we're going to have to go with a D. So. <coughs> uh, still a D? not a very good GPA. It's not going to look good on the report card, yeah. but it is what it is. I think we're yeah. about out of time, aren't we? Okay, folks. Yeah. Listen, thank you very much for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. We were happy to join uh, you uh, join you this morning. And uh, stay tuned next week. We'll be right back here on Saturday morning. Have a great weekend and stay safe.